Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. So I've been specifically asked to teach on something in particular. And so if you turn to Psalm 127, verse 1, it says, Unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Unless the Lord builds a house. And I do want to let you know, we just finished this teaching. Um, And so if you want more information, you can pick up this CD after service. Or if you're watching online and want to order it, we do have this in three CDs, Unless the Lord Builds a House. It's pretty much hard to talk about everything in one short time. And something that's kind of interesting, a lot of people have um, described Pastor Honey and myself as word people. And, you know, we, we just sang that song, Firm Foundation. If you're going to want a firm foundation, our lives, our homes need to be built on godly principles. And, you know, we just sang that song, When the Winds Came and the Winds Blew. You know, we all live in what's called a sin-fallen world. And what's that's talking about in Matthew 7, 24 through like 28? It's like, don't only be a hearer of the word, but be a doer. We want to build our homes, our families on strong biblical principles. And so praise God, that again is in Psalm 127. So what I want to bring out is it's really important that we love the word, love God, not only get that love for the word in us, but teach it to our children as well. And so it tells us how to do that in Deuteronomy. So we're going to turn there together. We're going to have a lot of fun. Are you all ready to have fun in the word? Hallelujah, I love God's word. And you know, I was thinking too, when we came up here um, to look for houses, when we moved up here, I don't know if anyone's looked on um, along the Rockies there, the, what do you call it, front range. A lot of things we looked at, you know, there's this one home, it was really cheap. And we got really excited. It had four-car garage and all this land. And so when we drove up to look at this home, the driveway, half of it was sinking. And then you went inside and the kitchen had, you know, cracks along the wall. We went down in the basement and there's cracks in the foundation. And we don't want those kind of foundations, do we? We want our foundation in the Word of God. And um, again, it's important in our own lives and our families. So it tells, tells you how to do this. And it's really a lifestyle of love, not about law. And it's a daily thing. It's just part of who we are. And this is Deuteronomy 6, 3 through 9. And it says, Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flown with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And it says in verse 5, You shall love the Lord God with what? All your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, everything. Just think about it. If you really love God with everything, what kind of decisions you're going to make? How's that going to affect your day? How's that going to affect your year? How is that going to affect what you do, what you say, and your priorities? And then it goes on to say, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. We got to get it in us first before we can impart it or give it away. And verse 7 says, you shall teach these things, the word of God, what? diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Again, it's just part of everything that you do every day. You shall bind them as a sign on your hands and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them down on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. In other words, a lot of things that we like to do when we're raising our children, different things we're believing for, we would write these scriptures down on index cards and hang them everywhere. Hang them on the refrigerator. Just hang them everywhere where we saw, and so praise God, God's 
word works, but I like how it tells us when you sit, when you walk, when you're just lying down. It, again, it's about everything you do every day. And I loved it when we were first married, the first three years we were married, we farmed and ranched with my husband's grandfather. And what a blessing it was to walk with him and talk to him during those days. And he would just have such amazing stories really about his faith in God and how God was with him. And, you know, it goes on and tells you, we don't have it up there for you, but in Deuteronomy 6.20, it actually says, and when your sons and daughters ask you, why do you do all this? Well, you declare all the amazing things that God has done. You know, we were, we were, you know, slaves to Egypt, and God brought us out with signs and miracles. We just stood there and watched. You know, it's good to share good news, share the amazing things that God has done. I know when we were raising our children, even when I meet up with friends, but you know, at breakfast time, at dinner time, when we came and sat at the the table to eat, we talked about the goodness of God. We taught our kids all things are possible with God. We never focused on the lack or the struggles or the problems. We always focused that God is the answer. God is the answer. And he wants to bless you and that he loves you. We would tell our kids this every day. God loves you. We love you. How powerful is it just to have that information, how much God loves you? You know, you just don't hear it anywhere else, do you? (laughs) And I was thinking, too, I love this in Psalm 119, verse 162. It says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. The message says it this way. I'm ecstatic over what you say like one who strikes it rich. If you can learn how to take the word, read the word, declare the word, to get from A to B, there's a difference of just looking at it and reading it and actually applying it to move into things that God has for you. And it really is like striking it rich because we know that God, his resources are not limited. If you're always putting your faith and trust in a person, they can only do so much. And God does use people, that's great. But man, when you put your trust in him, it's exciting. It's just like what they said in Jeremiah 6.20. We stood there and watched God do it. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're like, it's God or it has to be God. And so it's really exciting, isn't it? I like how um, Psalm 119, 105 goes on and says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, you could say you were living in a time where there's like a gross darkness, but I don't stumble around in the dark. His word lights up my path. His word tells me what the truth really is. His word is showing me what the truth is. Do you know, if you want to know what kind of day it's going to be today, I suggest don't turn the news on. I can already tell you it's going to be bad, worse than yesterday. If you want to know what kind of day today is going to be, open your Bible and it says, this is a day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to be glad because there's going to be all these amazing opportunities just for me. It's going to be a great day. And you know, we live now, and I understand there's a lot of interesting things going on, but the light always overcomes the darkness. Always overcomes the darkness. I like what my husband always uses for an illustration. When we came in here today, we didn't curse the darkness. We just turned the light on, and guess what? Darkness fled away. 
way. And that's what happens everywhere you go. You have the peace of Jesus. He reigns on the inside of you, and you are taking him everywhere you go. So when you go into the grocery store, you're walking down the street. I don't know what it is. I have a special gift. Every morning when I walk, I like to walk three miles or do some type of exercise, and it's usually early. But people that have dogs, even on the leash, their dogs come running for me. And it's just a great opportunity to witness to their owners. I've almost been knocked down a few times, but the Holy Ghost tells me, prepare. But anyway, you know, it's just awesome when you really realize that you have the life-giving words to give people. Hallelujah. What it's going to say is, you know, the Bible talks about in the end times, there are going to be wars and rumors of wars, but it says, look up as the whole earth is groaning for his return. Look up and rejoice because your redemption draws near. Jesus is coming. So what are we supposed to do? Keep telling as many people as you can about Jesus. Hallelujah. And again, we have his word, so we know what the truth is. And it's good that we get it in us and that we get it in our family, that we um, talk about it with our friends. And I have this in Genesis 1.26. A lot of you heard me talk about this before. It says, then God said, let us make man how? <gasps> so whose image are you made in? This is going to be an oral test, so be ready. So anyways... We are made in his image. This is what the Bible tells us. We're made in his image, and he has spoken things over us to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue, and have dominion. We are created to be the ones that have dominion. It also goes on and says in the next verse that when he created us, he created what? Male and female. When I got up today, I wasn't confused. It was really easy. And then it goes on to tell us in Genesis 1:28, not only did he create me, he spoke his blessing over me. We're blessed by God. And that's just good news, isn't it? And so I, my husband and I were remembering when we were children that there was a theory that was taught. Anytime you hear the word theory at the end of something, it's really going to be stupid. <laughs> So anyway, they even had diagrams on the walls of apes. They started this way, then they got a little taller, then they got a little taller. They were teaching that we, were, that we evolved from apes. Well, did you know even an ape's going to stand up if you put a banana there? <laughs> and if you really think that you evolved from an ape, you're probably going to act like monkeys. And the best place to put monkeys is in the zoo. So don't act like a monkey. You need to know whose image you really are created in. We were created to fellowship with him, that we really can hear his voice. He does talk to us, but we are created to have a relationship with him. You know, our two youngest granddaughters, they're both a year and a half old, and when music, or if you sing or if music goes on, worship, they just start moving. Their body's just right on beat. And it's like, you know, it's just like you. I'm talking to all of you. It's just like at some point in time, somebody untaught you how to worship God. Because it's like children are just born to just worship him and lift their little hands. It's like no one even has to tell them. It just, it's just like they worshiped him and then some idiot who thought they were created an ape said, hoo, 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 you know, <laughs> put your hands down. So, you know, it's really understanding, again, who you are 
and that he wants to have a relationship. It was really, I was um, raised more in a traditional background. I love that both my husband and I, our parents took us to church. You know, we're all learning, we're all growing. But they always taught that God was way out there somewhere, or way up in heaven and so far away. Did you know that God chases after us? I love, I had, she was here in the first service, I believe, but I had a young woman a number of years ago come speak for us at our Flourish, our women's ministry. And what I love the most about what she shared and ministered to, she said, I got saved as a result of watching God chase after my atheist father. She said her father proclaimed to be an atheist, and she said God was always doing things to reveal himself to her father. Remember how in the Old Testament, there's the names of God, God your healer, God your provider. God has always been trying to show you who he really is. And she's like, I got saved as a result of watching the love of God chase after my father for years. She says it was powerful. And the good news is, yes, he got saved. But it's, you know, people don't understand that. God loves us. He wants to be a part of our lives. And in John 10, 10, it tells us this, that Jesus came that what? It says it's the thief that comes to steal and kill. So is God the one who's stealing from me? Is God the one who's punishing me to teach me something? Did you know we raised three sons? We never, in all those years we raised them, did something evil to them to teach them something. That is just ridiculous. And, and you know, the, the Bible tells us that God loved us so much, he sent his son. It's a, good to understand that there is a thief, but God is not the author of that. God is always coming to us. God is our answer, but he sent Jesus to give us life and not just any mediocre life or just a barely skim get by life, but what's that word? Abundantly, what do you think abundantly means? Just think in your mind, like above and beyond, according to his riches and glory. What's up there in heaven? Streets paved with gold, foundations made of precious gems. Like God is not broke. And you're his child. And I don't know if anyone heard yet, I'm his favorite. I just decide if you're gonna be a kid, why not be the favorite? And there's something amazing that happens when you really understand who you are, who he is, and how he's trying to get good things to you. And um, you know, I think it was, honey, was it in 2021, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, order everything online. I'm just not one of those people. So I didn't do any shopping. So I had money to burn as stores barely started opening up and said, honey, we need to get our money and start doing businesses with our community because if we're going to pray for our city and our community and state to be blessed, we should do our part. I'm like, let's get the money and go. And so, you know, rather than order, let's go to the actual places and help them out. And so some interesting, we went, um, we went up to one of the mountain towns and we got like a $500 night thing for 60 bucks. I think there was two other people in this huge place other than us. It was awesome. Anyway, there's something else my husband had been um, mentioning since we had been married that he always wanted to buy me a really nice coat. You know the kind of stores I've never been in? He wanted to buy me a fur. He has said this for years. And I just thought, this is the year. This is the time. And it had been really, really cold. I remember, and I just thought, I want something that can go like 30, I had specifics. I was going to get a coat. Didn't need to be fancy, but I want something that's going to keep me warm and it goes 32 below zero. And so we went to this 
store, and I mean, everyone was ready to have business. But just so you understand, you know, too many people wake up and say, I never win anything, nothing good ever happens to me. And I just thought, again, I'm his favorite. What happens if you're the favorite kid? Good things happen. If you really believe that Jesus came to have abundant, think what abundant means. I'm going to give you an example of what abundant means. So we went to this store, and I looked around, and the person who had for many, many years said he wanted to do this for me started looking like he didn't really want to do it. <laughs> and, and I not only saw one, but I saw another like leather coat with fur lining that I thought was awesome. I liked too. Been waiting many years for this. <laughs> but not only that, I felt like God told me in my heart, if I went back the next day, they were going to give me one. Make a long story short, that's what happened. We went back and I don't know if Pastor Honey was still excited. I'm like, we're going today because I'm going to buy one and they're going to give me another one. And that's what happened. That's what it means life abundantly when it's just too good to be true. When it's above and beyond, when people don't even know who you are and they want to give you new things. Had the price tag on it. So do you get the picture how much you love that there is a God who loves you? He loves you so much. He has sent his son, Jesus, who already came and did all the work, came to redeem us and purchase. Do you know what it means to be redeemed and purchased? No debt. That's huge, isn't it? I better keep, keep going here. And um, John 17, we need to look at this real quick. It's good to understand that you're not of this world, so don't worry if you don't look like it, act like it, or if people like you. We taught this to our children when they were four and five years old. We thought, we better get them prepared. So in John 17, because you know, I'm like a really nice person, so I'm kind of shocked when people hate me. It's kind of like you show up and there's just something hissing at you, and it's like it's the spirit in them that does not like the Jesus in you. And so I wanted our children to be prepared so they wouldn't be shocked. So again, this is what we taught them these scriptures when they're four and five years old. So John 17, 14 and 15 says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. That's his promise that he is going to protect us. Again, where does the darkness go when we show up? It flees from us. I don't flee from it. We're full of the word of God. Hallelujah. Um, Psalm 119.1, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Again, the word shows us the light, shows us the truth. You know, it's important that we are imitators of God. You know, like we're going to be looking at it here in a little bit, but, you know, Jesus said, if he told his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we need to look at, well, what did Jesus do when he was here? Did anyone ever wonder, well, what did Jesus do? What am I supposed to be imitating? You know, and we can hear his voice. This is um, John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Again, a lot of times people really don't understand. You can hear God speak to you. I hear him. He leads us. He guides us. He tells me every day I'm his favorite. Did everyone, are you all getting this? Like, you can wake up and hear that too. <laughs> I mean, I grew up with five kids. I was the middle. I just decided out of everybody on the planet, I'm going to be the favorite. It's working good. 
But anyway, we should be imitators of God. And so I was thinking of our little granddaughter, Ada. She's a year and a half. And, and all last year, before she could walk, her father, who's Pastor Aaron, he's sitting right here on the front row, but Aaron would put her in a kangaroo pack. So all last year, and even this year, she helps her father gardener. But all last year, again, before she could walk, and it was funny, she was trying to walk and she'd kick her legs. She'd watch all of her family walk, but she'd kick them like, do what you're supposed to. But anyway, he would just put her in a kangaroo pack and go do all this gardening. So little Ada shadowed and went everywhere with her, fa- her father. So when he watered this way, she was this way watering too. And when he watered over here, she was this way. And when he was planting flowers and weeding, she was right down there with him because she was with him shadowing him. Well, a couple of weeks ago, there was a video made of Ada. She's walking now. And not only do they have plants outside, but they have plants inside. And they have this big potted tree with a big pot full of that black dirt. And her mama caught her doing this, doing this with her hands. And then dirt went this way and dirt went that way. And then there was dirt on the kitchen floor and she was swirling it around. And I told my husband, I said what she's doing, she's imitating her father. All last year and all this year, this is what she sees her dad do when there's a plant. You dig and you weed and you take care of it and you help it. And then you spread the dirt all around. I think the video her mama made said, what is wrong with this child? Father, come get your child. But you know what she did was she was imitating everything she had seen him do. Just think what it looks like when we imitate God, when we imitate what we saw Jesus do through the scriptures here on, um, in his work here. And this is in John 14, so 6 and 7, we've got to get back to this. And I like how it starts off and says in John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So there's one way to get to heaven. That's through Jesus. It's not about works, about doing everything right. We, we all need help. We all need a Savior. In verse 7, it goes on and says, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. So again, What did Jesus do when he was here? Let's look and see so we know what we're supposed to be doing. What are we supposed to be imitating? So this is Matthew 4. I have a whole year's worth of stuff to say, so I'm trying to say it fast. It's been storing up for a year now. So in Matthew 4, 23, it says, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. So we saw that Jesus went everywhere teaching, telling them the good news, and then it was always backed up. The word of God is always backed up by signs and wonders. You know, we've always been called, um, this isn't the first church we planted, we've always been called that church. I've always just taken it as a compliment. We're that church that's known for the power of God because we believe in it. We really believe it's going to happen. We've seen so many miracles. You know, um, last, last week, um, there was someone that had a medical emergency in between services right before second, and um, no one could find a pulse on him. You know, believers gathered around him and prayed for him, and then my husband went over there and laid hands on them. And again, there was no pulse, and there was other symptoms that just showed this person had left. But you know, believers knew that this person said, I'm living to such and such age. So they were really agreeing with what he had already been declaring. They prayed for him, and he came back. 
And so praise God, it's really exciting. And I thought what was interesting too, I hope they don't mind that I, I share this, but their son came to visit them because he was in the hospital just for a little bit to be checked out. So their son came and I, I thought what was really neat about this, you know, when, when we opened up, their son was actually a little bit upset because you know, our kids love us, but their son was upset that we opened up church and that their parents were coming. But when this happened, the son said, I'm really glad you were in church and not home alone. You know, praise God. Amazing things happen when believers come together. You know, in Matthew 5, it's, it, 5, 13 through 16, it says that you are the salt, you are the light, and that the light isn't supposed to be hidden. You're supposed to get on a hill and shine your light. Amen. And um, I mentioned this too in first service, but I don't know if y'all remember in 2020, there was like a lot of panic shopping going on at the grocery store. I mean, people didn't just have one shopping cart. They would have two shopping carts piled high. You couldn't find one can good on the shelves, which I don't, didn't care because other than my grandma's cannon, I don't like canned junk food anyway. It's yucky. And so I noticed that there was no one in the fresh produce section. I love fresh produce. Oh, this is great. We're going to be all on wheat. So there's just two of us. So we got a few bananas. We got a few of this and a few of that. And we didn't even have a cart. We just went over there and had our stuff in our hands. And there was just like this mass hysterical fear going on. And this woman in front of us, she's looking around, seeing all this. And then she looks at my husband and I. And she's like, you two aren't from around here, are you? <laughs> We're from another kingdom. You know, fear just does not, go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap. There should be a difference. When you walk into a place, there should be a difference in you. Your light should be shining. They should see a smile on your face. They should see the joy. And of course, Mark 16 goes on and tells us in verse 15 through 18 about the Great Commission, that you're to go out again, and you're to lay hands on the sick. I like it. A lot of times people think the pastors are supposed to do all this. The Bible says that we come together. Hebrews 10, 35 says that forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but even as you see much more, as you see the day approaching, we come together to encourage one another in part and pray for one another, and you're to go out into all the world. And some people might go around the world. Some people might just go across the yard and witness to their neighbor. But you're to go out and do these amazing things and bring the lost in. Hallelujah. And um, it's really important to you to understand that we do this as unto the Lord. We serve our family. We serve in the church. We serve at work. We serve in the community. And you need to do it as unto the Lord. Has anyone shown up somewhere at a business and it really makes a difference when someone really goes above and beyond in their work, doesn't it? When they're using their giftings, and it's just such a blessing. So let's turn to Colossians really quick, and we got to um, just kind of um, give some highlights. But again, it's important that we, you know, love the Word, that we are imitators of God, but that we love family, that we serve one another and do it as unto the Lord. A lot of things when you talk about people, it's kind of the same thing over and over, you know, I don't know if you've ever had a baby, but you can change the diaper in the morning, and guess what? It won't be long, and it's going to need that diaper changed again. And, you know, a lot of times when we go to work, there's a lot of times it's re repetitious. But what makes it exciting is whether we're serving in our home, in our church, at work, or in the community, if we're doing it unto the Lord, it's exciting. And then it says, he will reward us. And so this is what it says, again, in Colossians 3.17. It says, whatever you do, 
In word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks. I like that. Do it with a gratitude. Do it happily. It talks about wives and husbands and husbands loving your wives, children obeying your parents. Fathers, don't provoke, but lead your children. Bond servants or people in the workplace. Don't let it just be eye service, but sincerity of heart. And then I like what it says in 23 and 24, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to Lord, not to men, knowing that your reward or your inheritance is from him. Isn't it awesome? He sees what we do even when nobody else does. And we're talking to our youngest son, and this is what he said. He's like, if you just have a good work ethic and a good attitude, he's like, there is room at the top. Amen. You know, during the the 2020 through 2022, when a lot of people lost their jobs, he kept getting a, a raise. He kept getting promoted just because he really took it seriously and and worked and did it as unto the Lord. I think, too, it's important that you understand that you were created for divine destiny, that we help teach our children. And even if you're here, maybe you weren't raised in a Christian home, that you understand and develop what your practical trait is. Again, that you were created for divine destiny. And remember, we started in Psalm 127, and I like what verse four says. It says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are children of one's youth. When I think about an arrow, they would take sticks, but they would have bends in them. They weren't perfectly straight, but they would take and work with that stick, whether it was hunting or going to war. What do you think the whole purpose of an arrow is? If you're going to shoot an arrow, you want it to hit the target. And so when we're raising our children, we want them to hit their God-given target. We want to understand their gifts, their anointings, and nurture those. And so this is what tells us in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Again, in the Amplified, it brings out his individual gift or bent, but the Amplified says it this way, train up a child in the way he should go, and keep him with his individual gift or bent, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. When you can show up and use your imagination, use your God-given strengths and anointings, it's gonna be exciting, and you're gonna be really, really good at what you do. You know, we had more than one child, so each child had a different gift or bent or anointing, and as parents, we did our best to discern and um, get them the training in those different, different gifts. And um, it's never too old. It doesn't matter if you have children or if you're here as an adult, you weren't raised in a Christian home. You just look at what what are your strengths. And a lot of times when people have a strength, they just assume everybody's good at that. But you all have a very specific strength. And then you need to say, well, what brings me joy? What really makes me happy? Have you noticed what makes some people happy is different than others? Like you'll hear what people are doing. I'm like, wow, that's a God thing. Bless you. You know, but again, like, what's your strength? Where, where is your joy? And then where do you see a need? And that's usually what you're gifted to take care of and do. And then, you know, um, your life is exciting, isn't it? It's great. And then I just have just enough time to end with this. It's important that we ignite the flame. Hallelujah. This is in 2 Timothy. And this is um, 1, 6, and 7. So again, 2 Timothy. I got to get to 2 Timothy here. 
Um, again, in 1, 6 and 7, it says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But when it's talking about remind you to stir that up, it's talking about igniting that flame, being ablaze, hallelujah, that you have to stir it up. You know, I'm glad I'm married to a fireball, but he can't stir me up. I have to stir me up. It isn't someone else's fault that you say you're burnt out. No, you burnt yourself out. I don't want to hurt your feelings. But if you feel burnt out, it's because you didn't keep yourself stirred up. You know, that's the pastor on the front row. You guys can clap with him if you want. <laughs> but you know, when we, were, when we were first married, we were young, we were living out um, in the country, and I wanted to surprise him and make this big special meal. And I thought, man, I got to add some dessert. And I, so I looked in our pantry, and we had cook and serve pudding. Who buys cook and serve pudding? You can buy it already made. But anyway, we had cook and serve, and I thought, this is going to be great. Chocolate pudding. Chocolate's always good for any meal. And I thought I had all the right tools, had all the right stuff, had the right pan, had the right spoon, had milk, and I had the powder. So I mixed it together like, like they said. But then I got distracted. Has anyone here ever got distracted? What happens when you get distracted? All of a sudden, I started smelling like something was burnt and on fire. It just smelled really bad, kind of a foul smell. And I noticed that my pudding had burnt and stuck to the bottom. And so I read the instructions again. And it said, don't forget, remind you, stir consistently. And so it's important that we remind ourselves. That's why it says it in the Bible. It says it in more than once. Don't neglect the gift. And then don't be shy. What it's saying in the next verse when it says, he hasn't given you power or, you know, fear, spirit of fear, but power and love of mind. He's like, don't be shy about the gifts. Don't be shy. Hallelujah. And so we've got to keep ourselves stirred up. And just the fact that you're stirred up and you're lit up and that you're happy and that you're positive, you're really a bright, shining light out there. There's a lot of people that just are like, what's going on? And you're like, I can tell you, Jesus is coming and it's exciting. We've got good news and until he comes, he's with us. We have his peace. We have his ability. We're going to do greater works than him. God is so good. I love you. I've been so excited to just share today just God's word. I hope you feel stirred up and get the word of God in you. It shows you the way. It shows you the light. It shows you the truth. Just decide every day you get up, turn that stupid TV off and open the Bible and see what kind of day God has for you. He's going to say that. He's made you more than a conqueror. He's made you victorious. Expect people to give you brand new things with a tag on it. It's happened to me more than once. So at this time, let's give Pastor Aaron a hand clap as he runs up here. It's time to give. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.